Say hello to a new friend on an old road. Take a two-lane trip of memories into mysteries unknown. Come along for the ride. Jim Hinckley's America. Jim Hinckley's America. Hey, good morning, everyone. This week, we've had a whole series on uh, roadside attractions. And uh, today, we're going to do this a little different. I got a couple things that you're going to really be amazed by. And uh, some are good ideas that, uh, well, you have to question why they didn't take off. Ah, anyway, first, a little music there from Joe, Woody, and the boys of the road crew. I want to say thank you. Always great to have a theme song for your adventures on the open road. Uh, starting on March 25th, we started. Uh, we began giving out clues for a fun-filled contest. The winner will receive a defaced with an autograph copy of my latest book, which is Here We Are on Route 66. Uh, what we need is the name of the business and in what Route 66 community it is located in. On every program since uh, the 25th of March, we've been giving out a clue. This morning's clue is the letter E, the letter E. So far, we've given out uh, an R, a D, an A, an N, and now an E. Any ideas? Okay, hey, here we go. How about a room with a view? First, someone said, hey, let's show motion pictures in the theater for profit. Then someone must have said, hey, let's show movies on a big outdoor screen so people can watch them from the comfort of their own cars. And then one man said, I've got a better idea. Let's build a motel in a drive-in theater so people can watch the movies from the comfort of their air-conditioned room or their car. You know, as I read about this motel, I had to ask myself, I wonder why these didn't just pop up all over the United States in the 1950s and 60s. George Keeloff, he grew up in the theater business. As a child, he watched the projectionist in his parents' Aguilar Colorado movie theater thread silent movies into the projector, and he helped the organist pump the pedals on the air-operated organ. Talkies took over, and by the time George was 12, he was operating the projectors himself. When drive-in theaters really started booming in the 1950s, George and his wife Edna decided to open the Star Drive-In in Monta Vista, Colorado, a town that attracted tourists from Oklahoma and Texas to southern Colorado's fertile San Luis Valley. The Kaloff's living quarters were right in the middle of the drive-in, and they enjoyed watching first-run movies right along with a paying audience. We didn't have sound at first, so I had installed a speaker in our room at Gave me the idea, Caleb recalls. I told my wife about it. She thought I was crazy, but I said, we'll see. Well, I saved up about eight years to start it, and I borrowed the rest. We started it with 14 units, and we're up to 60 now, he said a few years ago in an interview. 
The movie Manor Motor Inn took shape in 1964 and grew from there. In the outfield, behind the audience parking, the motel is a very plain, functional architecture, but its gentle V-shape does have a certain graceful flying wing air. Each room has a speaker and a big picture window facing the screen. George selects his movies carefully. He made his theater a safe place for the whole family to take a vacation and watch a movie. He was adamant that the movie Manor at Motor Inn will con would continue to show only G, PG, and PG-13 rated movies. His movie Motor Inn has now become popular with classic car buffs. They like to sit in their cars in the infield and get the feel of the 1950s and 60s. And with families, the motel is more popular than ever. How's that for a million-dollar idea? Well, here's another one for you. You know, it's always hard to trace who was first to do what, but there's one believable story that can explain the origin of the change-belted, sometime roller skate-wearing who bought food to people's cars in the 1950s and 60s. The story goes something like this. Vince Stevens opened the Dolores Restaurant in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, in the 1930s. The Dolores was a white tablecloth sit-down restaurant on one of the earlier Route 66 alignments through the city. It was down near the state capitol. It was a popular place, and at some point, someone thought it would be even more popular if people could be served food in their cars. Well, it's a concept that's still winning people over at the drive-in joints that have survived to see the dawn of the 21st century. At the Dolores, the term car hop stemmed from the way the waitresses assigned to work outside handled the customer traffic. First, according to legend, they would determine whether the car's occupants intended to dine in or get food to go. If the patron wanted to eat in the car, the waitress would literally hop onto the car's running board and direct the driver to a parking space, take the customer's orders, and bring the food. That's according to the story. In no time, car hops were a hit. In 1944, as the cruising culture swept America, the Dolores opened a second location in Los Angeles. <coughs> Excuse me. By the early 1950s, the drive-in restaurant business was flourishing. Many restaurants were adding driving and eating as a way to expand their business. Well, Troy Smith, whose first restaurant in rural Oklahoma was too small to be profitable, at first planned that his second restaurant would succeed by offering steak. But it was the root beer stand in the parking lot, the Top Hat Drive-In. That really attracted customers. Well, eventually, Smith wanted to make more room for cars in his parking lot, so invited all his friends to bring their cars to the top hat and park them for maximum capacity while he went from car to car, marking parking spaces on the pavement with paint. Then he put the car hops to work. He had seen a drive-in restaurant in Louisiana that used drive-in movie theater speakers for communication between customers and staff, and so he adapted that idea to the top hat. With the Cold War raging, the U.S. Air Force breaking the sound better, going supersonic, Smith made the Top Hat's motto, service with the speed of sound. Well, he hired teens to work for him, gave them a dollar a week to buy records that he could play through the Top Hat's PA system, and he made his restaurant the one featuring the latest tunes. Charlie Papa, a supermarket manager in Woodward, Oklahoma, liked the Top Hat drive-in style so much he asked Smith if he could open one in Woodward. 
Well, the Smith-Papa partnership eventually had four Oklahoma locations, Shawnee, Woodward, Enid, and Stillwater. The partners started wanted to offer franchises, but they found that the top hat name was already taken. So as they had a supersonic theme in place, the top hat became the Sonic, and it enjoyed great Midwestern success through the golden age of car hop, from the jet age to American graffiti. But times were changing by 1970. Then in 1975, McDonald's mega franchise opened its first drive-through, replacing the smiling car hop with an anonymous arm. Well, fast forward. Sonic today is more popular than ever, and it remains one of the last of the great fast food chains to offer car hops. Well, there's another bit of useless trivia for you, but it's always best to fill the head with useless knowledge than no knowledge at all, as my pa used to say. Hey, I have one more for you. This one's a story about an empire built on pecan logs. And it's a success story because they're making a comeback. The devastating storm that became the Great Depression was just beginning to roll across the land when W.S. Stuckey Sr. took to the back roads of rural Georgia to buy pecans, which he sold to a large warehouse and distributor in Eastman, Georgia. His enterprise has begun as a result of a failed job search, and he started his business with the help of his grandmother, who loaned him $35 for the venture. In the first months of the endeavor, Stuckey often exhausted his cash quite early in the day, so he would wait until the banks closed and begin writing checks. He would sell the pecans that night and deposit money to cover checks the next morning. Within a few short months, the need for such risky business practice was a thing of the past. In 1933, the best credit the banks offered was a $200 loan. By 1936, the local bank backed Stuckey with an incredible $20,000. Expansion came in 1936 in the form of a roadside stand that sold pecans directly to tourists. To supplement their income from the sale of shelled and unshelled pecans, Stuckey's wife, Ethel, started making and selling pecan candies. In spite of the hard times, the Stuckey business continued to grow. So when Stuckey opened the first retail store in Eastman, Georgia, the old roadside stand was no longer needed. It was purchased by a local farmer who quickly converted it into a hen house. In short order, Stuckey opened two more stores in Georgia. Those stores were followed with a store in Florida, the first outside of Georgia in 1941. With the rationing of gas and rubber during the war, Stuckey pulled back and he kept only the store in Eastman. By this time, the popularity of Ethel's candies was such that sales reached far beyond the borders of Georgia. <coughs> Excuse me. Commissioned sales to military PXs, as well as ship sales, carried the candies to every corner of the world. The war's end brought prosperity and a wave of tourism. By 1948, the candy sales had outstripped the company's production resources, so large-scale candy-making equipment was set up in the warehouse behind the store. The ability for increased production and the increasing number of those traveling on southern highways sent the company's fortunes skyrocketing. By 1953, there were 23 stores. A decade later, it had more than 100 along the highways in America. In 1964, the company merged with Pet Foods and the dynasty of the landmark Teal Roof entered in what appeared to be a final chapter. 
Between 1970 and 1980, circumstances affected Stuckey's growth. The retirement of Stuckey in 1970, the energy crisis, inflation, pets acquisition by AC Industries, all struck a blow. Stuckey's growth was at a standstill, and then stores began to close. Others were sold for real estate. The end of the story has not been written. The company's experiencing a renaissance, starting to pop up all along the road again. New generations enjoying pecan logs. Hey, my friends, I hope you found our series interesting. Uh, join us on uh, Sunday morning for an episode of Coffee with Jim. That's our extended half-hour travel program, fully interactive. Uh, you become the guest host. We answer your questions. We talk. Well, hey there yourself. How are you doing today? <coughs> and may I ask, sir, where you're <coughs> where you're from? Ah, oh, very good, Eric. Georgia. Yeah, my folks were from uh they got married up in North Georgia, up in Ringgold, Georgia, many, many, many years ago. I hope you enjoyed the program this morning. And I hope you'll be enjoying it, uh, joining us Sunday morning for Coffee with Jim. We will be set up for call-ins. We'll be set up for, like Eric's doing, typing in uh, comments, questions. Are you familiar with Stuckey's, Eric? Oh, very good. I will look for that. Uh, can you give me an idea what the content of the program is? Well, my friends, we have exceeded our time limit here this morning. Next week, we'll be beginning a new series. very good we need more family friendly for shows and programs that is for sure take a two-lane trip of memories into mystery i'll take a look for it come along for the ride jim oh, i hope you enjoyed this program and i hope you'll be joining us again and uh, invite your friends let's make it a coffee party You might also look for me on uh, Instagram and uh, on Facebook. I have had some issues with my account. The page, main page has been locked, but I can still posting on Jim Hinckley's America through Instagram. And uh, of course, our website, jimhinckleysamerica.com. Eric, thank you for joining us this morning. I hope you join us again Sunday morning, 7 o'clock Mountain Standard Time for Coffee with Jim. And then next week, it's uh, Wednesday, uh, excuse me, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 6.30 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. It's Wake Up with Jim. Until then, sir, 
I have to bid adios. Uh, drop me a note and uh, let's talk. If I can do this.